Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land. Jeff Johnson coming to you live, coming to you recorded from upstairs studio. On the phone, I got Heather Shoemaker. This is Renegade Rules, and we're back for... um, Part five. We're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk more about sharing. So, uh, what are we digging into this time, Heather? Well, I think it's funny because um, when you really get into the topic of sharing, it just it it gets into all kinds of sides of life. It's just a deep topic. So um, there's always more to talk about sharing. That's why I had to write a whole book about <laughs> it's okay not to share, because you can sum up the basic thought of. Um, you know, let a kid keep a toy until she's done, until she's all done, um, and take turns like that very quickly. But to think of all the the things that go into that and, and all the nuances of what we expect when we ask kids to share it, there's a lot to talk about. So I wanted to start off by just thinking about the adults. I mean, we often, as we've talked about before, expect a child to start sharing, um, and we tell them, be nice and share, about the time they can walk, so really young, we have these expectations for them. But if we take a step back from those expectations, what are the ingredients that go into our own decisions whether to share something or not with another adult? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, we it um, uh, it's hard, isn't it? Um, I think this relates. Um, over the last year, I've done. We we tried we tried a new thing. Um, Lisa Murphy and Dan Hodgins and I we tried we tried doing some presentations together, and they went pretty well. Except as we were talking afterwards, and you know that thing you do after you try a new thing, you you, you rehash it, and you kind of figure out what worked and what didn't. One thing we all freely admitted, and I think it's okay for me to talk about this, is that we all had a hard time sharing the stage because we're so used to not doing that sharing. And and so the idea of sharing the spotlight and sharing sharing the audience was a little bit harder for all three of us than we thought it was going to be. And I, th- I think we as adults have a hard time with sharing, period. Yeah, well, that example brings us into a different aspect of sharing even than we talked about in all these sharing episodes, which is sharing time, attention, and people. Um, It's different than sharing the toy truck or the stick or the red blankie. It is. That's about sharing objects or about sharing candy and birthday cake. That's sharing food. Sharing people is really... um, uh, part of the sharing equation so uh, let's get into that a little bit but then let's let's circle back to um, thinking about what we have to be ready yeah. for 
ourselves to share. I'm sorry to throw us and off think, track so um, fast. Yeah, some of that, it, it can be very tricky for um, kids to take different roles. Um, sharing, for example, um, when I was a kid at preschool, my I was used to my class and my teachers and my and my fellow um, classmates. Uh -huh. But and my mom taught on the other side of the school. She taught with the three-year-olds, and I was over on the four-year-old and five-year-old side. But sometimes she would substitute in my class, and then I would lose it because I couldn't cope with the sharing of my mother. As she wasn't just my mother, she was going to be the teacher for all these kids, and I had to share her time and attention with other people. And I think a lot of kids have that sort of um, reaction. Maybe if you have kids at home and you think, oh, I'll volunteer in their classroom or I'll lead the, you know, the brownies hike or I'll coach this peewee soccer team or whatever it is. Yeah. And then you realize that all the kids are fine except for your own who's losing it. <laughs> and it's not really, it's not really a jealousy thing as... Is I it? remember straight confusion. You know, yeah. how could my mother both be my mother and be the teacher? And how could she talk equally to somebody else in the class when at home I got a lot more of her attention and I didn't have to compete with 20 other children? Yeah. So yeah. There's, it, it's, it's more of a um, complexity of roles, and I think that's with you sharing with some other presenters. You're all used to doing your own thing. You get on fine, you're good friends, you're good colleagues, but then you have to share space and share attention. So there can be what I would call a mixed-up role side of sharing. Yeah, yeah. And there's also the um, sharing people, which I get into in my book, It's Okay Not to Share, which is really about friendships and you don't have to play with everybody, all that rejection stuff. Because I think when we think about sharing a truck, it seems pretty clear-cut. You uh -huh. are playing with it, and then somebody else has to wait for it, and then somebody else gets it. But when you're talking about time that you're spending with um, Zachary instead of time you're spending with Ben, then it seems fraught with problems. <laughs> um, and I've tried to um, show people it's really just the same. Right now, I'm playing with Zachary. When I'm done, I'll play with Ben. It's the same thing. Right now, I'm playing with a truck. When I'm done, you can have it. And it, it, it doesn't get much deeper than that usually with the young kids. It's, we read in a lot to it. But if we think about it as sharing people, taking turns with people, doesn't mean I don't like you, doesn't mean you won't come to my birthday party, uh -huh. doesn't mean it's the end of the world. But right now, I'm busy doing this with somebody else. And that, that all falls under that, that whole category of, of social skills and, and managing relationships and all that, all that really valuable stuff. And again, it's one of those things that kindergarten teachers really like to see kids show up in the classroom on the first day of kindergarten. Uh, that, that skill is being able to do that. And the only way you learn it is to practice it in real life. Um, it's not something you sit down and talk about in circle time. It's something you, you learn by, by doing. Right, and it doesn't get magically solved by kindergarten, even if they may no. want that yeah. skill solidified. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, a lot of adults still have that problem <laughs> of what to do. Yeah, when a third person shows up uninvited or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I. So I think that the whole concept of sharing is is bigger than objects. 
Um, it includes people and attention. And that sometimes if we think about it as taking turns, maybe you and Lisa and Dan could have been helped by this, of taking turns on stage. <laughs> well, that's my, that's my, that's my, <laughs> might be what we have to do if we do it again. Um, I think it was, uh, well, what about the whole idea of sharing space? Because I, I think that, that might have been a, 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 a thing we had to deal with too because when when you're doing a presentation alone, you, you kind of own the presentation space, but this was the three of us, and, and so movement and everything felt a little bit awkward because we didn't want to get in other people's space. So that's, that's something kids are going through as well as learning how to, to share space with each other. Right, and who owns this space? That's uh -huh. a big one. So let's say there's a climber or there's a little um, tent, a little cubby area, that, uh, cave thing that kids like to climb into, or there's any kind of space. Uh, maybe it's the top of the slide. Maybe it's, some, you know, maybe it's part of the sandbox. So can you claim this is my area, nobody else can come in type of thing. I'm busy using this space. Or is it a public space that anybody can use? And I think um, adults get tied up in knots about that, too. And I think if we just think about our environments and our space, whether it's our home or whether it's um, a classroom, think about which spaces are public, such as in this school, any number of kids can be on the climber. Or maybe you have a, a climber that can be owned temporarily uh -huh. by a single child. And then you can say, you know, Lisa's at the top, and she's she doesn't want anyone else on, and it's okay, that's her turn at the top of the climbing structure. So sometimes kids really do want to own a little space, a little tent or a little cave or, or some power position like the top of something commanding. And so I think as long as the family or the teachers decide what's public, and you can have as many people as possible, and uh -huh. what can be owned temporarily such as you can have your own little tent and you can put a sign on it saying it's yours or that so-and-so can come in, um, and what's not, what's public and what can be private. So, Heather, well, because I'll, that really ties people up in knots is sharing uh, space. Uh, along, along that line, what about uh, keep out signs? Oh, I love keep out signs. Oh, good. But they can be worded differently, too. <laughs> they can say who can come in rather than who has to stay out. <laughs> but it's the same, it's two sides of the same coin. It's the idea of can you own that space? Uh -huh. Can you decide who comes in? Or is it going to be imposed by outside? It, it's, it has to do with safety. Mm -hmm. It has to do with trust. It has to do with basic play. And it has to do with adults interfering with friendships. It has very little to do with social exclusion and rejection. If, it's, if you're following these um, renegade rules uh -huh. for for rejection, it really has very little to do with that. You don't have to get worried about a child who says, only Sarah and I can play in this tent um, because you know that they're doing a game together and they're um, wanting to continue that play. And a lot of times I've seen kids write, a, the teacher will help them write a sign, you know, um, Isabel and Sarah's tent only. Um, an example I like to give is, you know, no boys and no tigers. Because <laughs> I watched this one one day. It was unfolding in just a classic four-year-old manner. And so there were other kids um, running around, and, and the two girls had their tent, and it said, no boys, no tigers. And who should come along 
of course, you probably can guess, a boy wearing a tiger suit. <laughs> Those darn boy tigers. Yeah. So a boy wearing a tiger suit came along and was really interested in what these two girls were up to, which is a compliment. Uh-huh. You know? It's a compliment of their play idea that, that he's interested. And the teacher said, well, I see there's a sign on their tent. You want me to read it to you? And she read it out loud, and the girls popped their heads out to see what was going on. And it says, you know, no boys, no tigers. And so they got into a conversation and said, well, here's Ben. I see he's got a tiger suit on, and he's wanting to play with you. And the girls said, um, well, actually, they asked the important question, what will happen if Ben comes in? <laughs> and the girls said, he will growl. And because tigers growl. Uh-huh. And the teacher said, Ben, um, will you growl if you go into the tent? No, I won't growl. Can Ben come in if he doesn't growl? Sure. <laughs> so the one of the reasons these girls wanted their own tent was not because they wanted to exclude people or exclude Ben or exclude all boys or all tigers. Uh-huh. It was because they didn't want loud noises and they wanted to do the game they were doing and they wanted to have some say-so about who joined them if someone was going to join them. So it all got worked out. He didn't growl. They had a good time and played the rest of the, of the morning together. I think that's beautiful. And it, it's just, there's a lot of nuance in, in all of this, like you said, when we were getting started. And on the, on the flip side, it's, it's so, it's so simple when, when you watch, watch it play out. Um, yeah, and one of the keys is that the adult doesn't get upset, doesn't get, doesn't start to read into all the news reports we've heard about discrimination and prejudice and da 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 da, you know, headlines, discrimination against tigers rampant in the U.S. <laughs> I mean, we're fed all these important real-world adult ideas, mm-hmm. and so it's very hard for us to switch gears and think of it from a developmental four-year-old perspective. They're not that concerned yet. They're, they're worried about who's a girl and who's a boy more than anything else because they're trying to figure out who they are. Um, but they're just trying to get their game played, and bringing some of our baggage complicates the situation. So the adult did not lose her cool in this case. She just asked a few questions. Uh-huh. What would happen if Ben came in? Yeah, we we really yeah. forget that that play is a a separate non-reality that children create for themselves. It's a, it's a different universe and all of the turmoil and chaos we may be experiencing in the adult world isn't necessarily part of of the worlds that they create. Now they may create their own turmoil and chaos and but 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 it's theirs and and us trying to uh, transpose the two, we, we make things complicated. Yeah. So if you're thinking about sharing spaces and sharing people, sharing objects as well, um, remember that it's not a big deal and that if you treat it as not a big deal and stay calm, the kids are much more able to communicate their needs and wants directly to the other kids. And so everybody ends up with it's easier for the kids to end up with a good solution if you're the one staying calm than if it becomes a big deal. 
Now, what were we supposed to be talking about after, since I got us completely oh. off track onto this? Um, right. Do we need to stay on topic? Well, no, what I'm thinking is maybe we should wrap this one up and come back with a part six and actually do what we were going to do. Part six of sharing. I love it. See how big this topic <laughs> is once you unpack it? Should we? Should anyway, we, should we? Read the book. There's lots of details in that, too. And remember, it's okay not to share but that when you want to share, it comes from the heart and it feels really good. And so uh, we're glad to share this podcast with you. And if, uh, if uh, anybody wants Heather to come and uh, talk to their group about this whole complicated, diverse, big yeah, thing of sharing. Yeah, we can really get into sharing. It's, it's a wonderful thing to do in a group together. You so. just get a hold of uh, Heather on her website, and uh, I'm sure she can work you into her calendar somehow, or at least try. Sounds good. Yeah. Excellent. Hey, this has been Renegade Rules. We'll be back with part six on sharing. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be such a great resource on the internebs, interwebs. Um, back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.